welcome on the barricades. My name is Brian Stanislavski. I will be your host today. Dr. Milia Cherna couldn't make it, the usual co-host of the show. Uh, however, I have for you two great guests, Bujin Trajkov and Arto Artinian. Welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you. Right, and just to remind our viewers and listeners, uh, this is the second part of today's release of On the Barricades, where we're discussing Bulgaria and the tense situation in Bulgaria after certain audio leaks were, uh, uh, yeah, audio files were leaked, sorry, uh, which revealed the complete, total, utter dependency of Bulgaria. And, and, and of course, the, the person exists, oh, the institution, the entity exercising power is the United States through its embassy, which is referred to as the embassy uh, in the, the audio leaks uh, that I mentioned. I spoke about that more in the previous segment, so you can listen to my mm, my opening remarks then, and also to the previous episodes of On the Barricades, where we discuss those audio leaks in details. Uh, and now, Bojin, because I kind of interrupted you, I had to interrupt you because, uh, you know, we have this agreement with our viewers that we're not going to to exceed 30 minutes uh, in uh, when we discuss here uh, and you know when when we record our programs so uh, you said that you are basically convinced that the Americans are resorting to this vabank game where they can win everything or lose everything and they have no other choice because apparently uh, the local owning class you were not certain whether we should really refer to them as national bourgeoisie you know no i don't think that, yeah, applying apply, applying the strict marxist terms but i don't <laughs> want to go into the theory of it right now but let's say people who own stuff in bulgaria okay just to, <laughs> to put it that way uh, that they are they they seem to be in strong opposition to the course that those people that are currently the top parliamentary political representatives in bulgaria that they are about to embrace, which means full support for Ukraine, full support for the United uh, for the American imperialism, uh, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. They are against it because they can lose everything they have acquired so far, and uh, that's actually a very rational fear because I fear not only they can lose their wealth, but we can actually lose our statehood. I mean, to the extent that it even exists, right? But we still have some institutions, some structures, some regulations, some laws um, that are adhered to. Not many, though. But still, I mean, for as long as we have a state, then we can still try and move around and find political solutions. But when the statehood is gone, then, you know, then we don't have any instruments. We have no... Modus operandi, basically, right? We have to wait until things shape up again and we see what our fate is going to be. Maybe uh, someone said it, I think after you said it off camera once when we discussed that our, or, or maybe it was you, Bujin, sorry, I, I don't, my memory is not very good, that our, w- when Bulgaria is lost, when the Bulgarian statehood is lost, we're going to be like the Kurds, basically. That's, that's the situation. Uh, and I don't know whether that's going to be the case, but, uh, but, There is opposition. There is opposition in the society. There is opposition in the working class, if you like. And there is opposition, of course, among the wealth owners in Bulgaria. So the American embassy and this this clique in the parliament, they go against everyone, everything and every you know entity that has any agency in Bulgaria. Am I correct? Uh, I would I would say so. Actually, the situation is uh, so uh, kind of uh, hectic and uh, so um, um, bizarre right now. There are all kinds of rumors. 
For example, yesterday there was these alleged rumors that the Americans have been trained Azov battalions, uh, people here, Azov battalion Ukrainians who are ready to strike in the moment of uh, some kind of disobedience, civil disobedience or some kind of ma uh, massive large uh, protests against the government and uh, create a form of Maidan here, which some uh, who were uh, uh, participants in pro the protests against the president, I guess I should kind of... Uh, Clarify here to, for the yes. for the viewers that uh, uh, on top of this whole situation, there were protests organized by well-known uh, NGOs that are linked to these networks of uh, influencing public opinion that are linked to to, uh, to American funding. Uh, they organized protests uh, uh, for the uh, uh, for, for the support of the government uh, once these recordings were leaked because they were sensing that there would be an outrage and an outcry and against the president Radevko expressed his kind of disgust with these recordings and uh, and very kind of uh, vocally said that uh, that the coalition should not on moral grounds make this government. Uh, knowing all we all, all, all we know from the recordings, but nevertheless, uh, you know there. So there are all kinds of rumors here of military, of paramilitary organizations that are ready to be uh, um, to go uh, once the signal is given. And knowing what I know from the history of NATO, the history of the CIA, the history of American imperialism, I'm not going to be surprised. This is the case. Because we know, for example, of the operations Gladio during the Cold War uh, in uh, Western Europe, that such tactics were used, that such terrorist tactics were used and then were blamed on the left uh, in Italy uh, and in other places in, in uh, Europe. So uh, it's not uh, as, as crazy as these rumors sound, as conspiratorial as they sound, I'm not really ready to kind of dismiss them. And it, it, it might be the case. Okay, now, let me, let... whether whether they sorry just once whether yeah. they will resolve to these brutal measures, kind of the measures that have been resolving to uh, again in Latin American countries during the era of dictatorships in the 60s and 70s, whether they will resolve back to that, I'm I'm I, I can't tell because I I think they would still try to save face but yeah sure sure i think it's going to be uh, it's going to be difficult for them to save face in in these circumstances yeah. but then after let me go to you so we have rumors okay we have rumors there is no evidence for it uh that azov uh, thugs are trained in bulgaria or are deployed in bulgaria in secret locations in order to strike at the, at the potentially protesting people in bulgaria who are going to be protesting against dragging bulgaria into uh the ukrainian war and those protests would manifest themselves as demonstrations against the government, which is a completely compromised government, even before it's actually formally in power. It's already compromised because of the leaked recordings where, it, where you, can, you can see that everything is manually managed by the American ambassador in Bulgaria. So we have a very, very, uh, you know, I would say tense and dense, uh, you know, situation do you think it's possible? What's what's your take? Do you think they, they, they could really be having uh, Azov Nazi thugs in Bulgaria in order to disperse protests? Because obviously they cannot count on the police. Moreover, they cannot even count on the military, probably, because we're going to talk about that later. There is an open letter from the military.
it's a ridiculous situation. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I hope not, but I think anything is possible. I think um, if that were to happen, however, if if foreign terrorists were used to uh, initiate political violence in Bulgaria against Bulgarian people, you know, citizens peacefully protesting, I think that has dangers in itself for the people who organize that kind of violence too, because there are differences between the situation in Bulgaria and what happened in the Ukrainian Maidan or what happened in Latin America in the 1970s, I think. First of all, the use of um, uh, secret terrorist cells that initiate violence during public protest, Bujin is right, it's, it's an, as we know from history, is an age-old, old, uh, well-used and well-proven tactic. So that's certainly possible and I, that would be a horrific provocation. But I think if we go to the historical record, that kind of violence in Latin America was necessitated because there was widespread political organizations that were against the imperialists who were, who were in control of, for example, Chile or Argentina or Brazil. You know. In Bulgaria today, I don't think there's a widespread organized political force against uh, the general trajectory of Bulgaria being kind of like a second-class member of the EU, member of NATO. I don't think there's an organized political force, with the exception of uh, remarks that Vazrajdin has made, right? And of course, you can argue that it's true. Vazrajdin is the number three political force in uh, parliament, maybe even closer to number two at this point, right? But, and if Vazrajdin begins to organize massive public and other forces in Bulgaria, like the, like the movement for peace and neutrality, if their protests begin to draw out tens of thousands of people, then I think the preconditions for such a terrorist um, uh, attack increase, right? Because as more people publicly become politically activated in search for peace and against the drawing of Bulgaria in the war in Ukraine, then the probability of such a terrorist attack in order to force the situation becomes more likely. The second thing is, can, can uh, Ukrainian terrorists be used in Bulgaria, I think that can only happen, and here I'm guessing, I'm, that can only happen if there's a sufficient support for that within the Bulgarian police and security services. If there's sufficient opposition to that by the Bulgarian police and Bulgarian secret services against such forces on the level of rank and file, then I don't see how such uh, terrorist attacks could be use, useful uh, because they would be very quickly destroyed. There will be no repression to follow up from... The, to, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or the repression would be counter-repression against the terrorists, who are essentially would be attacking Bulgarian citizens who are doing peaceful protests. So I think everything depends on w where the critical mass of Bulgarian uh, law enforcement, police, and military are at this point, politically speaking. Are they with the new government, which is clearly illegitimate, according to the Constitution, or are they against it? Or are they waiting to see, which would be the same thing as being against, because they're not actively going to support the use of such terrorist violence. So I think we don't know the answers. Hopefully, there is a critical mass of Bulgarian law enforcement and military and police who are against such provocations used by external forces, which would send the signal that if you use such external forces, because they're going to be very small numbers, uh, they will be isolated and thus quickly destroyed, or they would be irrelevant. You know, so I don't know, but I think the probability is real. The moment uh, enough protesters, uh, the moment the protests become large enough 
in Bulgaria against the drawing of Bulgaria in the war, the NATO-Russia war. So I think we have to see. We don't know yet. Yeah, we don't know yet. And, and, and you know, it could be also that the Bulgarian uh, police, uh, whatever secret police has had their hand in the leaks. And, you know, there are many speculations about it, yeah, uh, by the way. Know. We don't know. We don't know. Of course, we don't know. Uh, but it all, I think the, the, the leaks themselves are a very serious indicator that there is a disagreement on the part of the establishment. Hey, guys, you're taking it a step too far. Okay, so uh, Bujin, let's. Uh, you were raising your hand, so uh, go ahead and and uh... just to just to add to. Uh, f- uh, I mean, I really hope so. What Artu is saying that uh, uh, there isn't enough of uh, clandestine support for for these uh, for for these groups if they exist again allegedly. If they uh, it's alleged that they exist, uh, so we don't really have proof of that. But let's not forget that what we learned from the recordings, from the leaked recording, is that the current government is ready for purges in the uh, in all of these uh, institutions, in all of these uh, uh, forms of uh, you know secret services, uh, which might also be met with opposition. Intelligence. Also. Sorry. Which might also be met with opposition. This kind of, you know, yes, purging rampage. It doesn't get to the purges, and then to because then it will be kind of lost cause. Like we should hope that the attempt for purges of these uh, institutions would create opposition enough that for them to not uh, succeed. And the other thing is that signals political repression is that uh, just recently, I think today. Uh, the news is that uh, two deputies from the revival party Vazrajdene have been uh, uh, ignited by the uh, chief prosecutor, prosecutor of the republic. So there, there are indications that there would be some kinds of yeah, yeah. But but, but let's be let's be fair here because uh, you know the general prosecutor, the, the kind of you know the the, the the most important prosecutor in Bulgaria, like uh, he uh, Ivan Geshev, by the way, right? Geshev, uh, yes. Yeah, uh, he he's been used, uh, and the institution that he's leading has been used for uh, you know various manipulations recently, yeah. and we've seen you know uh, all kinds of games being played with it. So it might not necessarily be a signal for repression of, of a concrete and specific movement, but it might just be part of those games that are being played. And I myself, I'm not exactly, <laughs> I'm not exactly even sure where the whole thing is going. But uh, that just shows like how much of a mess the whole thing is. And and in this mess, the Americans are are trying to to exercise their uh, their 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 nonsense. <coughs> but uh, Bujin and and Arto, I want to talk now about this uh, guy uh, who uh, who seems to be mo- the most hawkish, the most dangerous, the most unhinged uh, supporter of the war efforts, you know, on the part of Ukraine, and you know, supporter of the uh, American understanding of what all countries, civilized countries, Western countries, whatever, should do. Uh, and how they should support Ukraine, namely sacrificing everything, okay? And uh, he is the guy, and I want, you know, maybe, Bajin, how about you just give us uh, a sense of who this guy is, what his name is, what his uh, political positions are, and then we can discuss about the opposition that is already there. I mean, we can already see opposition, including from the leadership of... uh, of the uh, Bulgarian military aviation. So this seems to be another very important indicator of the clash that's coming. Uh, Okay, well, uh, one thing, first thing to say is that uh, this guy is kind of a a NATO cadre, uh, cadre or NATO kind of like, uh, uh, 
a technocrat of some sort because uh, he is not exactly uh, what you would call uh, someone with a military career. Uh, he has not served in any military missions. His, uh, his name is, uh, he is a professor, professor of, uh, of, engineer, of uh, military engineering. His name is Todor Tegarev. He got his uh, PhD from, uh, let me just check real quick, uh, from uh, Zhukovsky's uh, 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 Air, uh, Air Force uh, Engineering Academia in Moscow in uh, uh, in uh, 1989 in in then Soviet Union in the then USSR. So he is uh, educated in the kind of old traditional Soviet uh, has, uh, the old traditional. Uh, Soviet education. Then in 1994, he has finished some kind of a college, some kind of a military college uh, in the United States, uh, 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 which is uh, which is actually part of the Air Forces, like a, a college. Uh, and uh, apparently, he, he is uh, he's specializing is in the Air Forces, right? So he is uh, he is a kind of a, a person who is linked to the air forces, uh, which we will talk about what the reaction to his. Now, uh, what is interesting is that this is not the first time he was proposed by the same party, the continuing the change for uh, defense minister. Uh, the, uh, the first time was actually during uh, the time of the coalition when continuing the change was part of the government uh, that... Uh, uh, was in the beginning of uh, the conflict uh, uh, between Russia and Ukraine and the special military operation. And then the then uh, defense minister uh, was made to resign because he refused to call the operation war on national television. He refused to call the military operation, the special military operation war. And, it, 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 and, and, and as a matter of fact, I... As far as I know, war has not been declared since Vietnam. I'm not even sure if Vietnam was even declared war. So let's be clear on, on this, that internationally, war has not been declared for a long, long time. Everything that the United States has done so far, Iraq, uh, you know, all of their kind of uh, interventions have not been uh, you, uh, have not been defined as wars. So let's this. I think this is important to to, to consider. So uh, it, so the the proper language, international language, is uh, a military operations. So, so I think in that case, the former defense minister was right. Then this guy, the Garev, was going to become was the proposition to become a military minister. And everyone was against that because he was considered a dangerous war hawk, because he was considered uh, a, 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 that his uh, candidacy was considered uh, uh, unacceptable for people like uh, the Bulgarian Socialist Party, which was part of this coalition. Uh, one other party, which uh, I, we should uh, just mention, it's called "There is such people." But anyway, this, it's it, they were they were part of this uh, coalition, so, uh, uh, and so uh, which was the fourth party? I'm kind of like system. yeah. Okay, let's so, not get too technical. Okay, let's just focus. Yeah, it doesn't on this. matter. But the fact of the matter is that uh, uh, the governor was uh, was uh, proposed to be a minister of defense. 
And there is a lot of reason to believe that he will be a workhorse, that he will kind of go uh, the extreme line of let's give everything to Ukraine. Uh, and what Bulgarian society is most worried about is including, uh, in, including military force, including sending, sending troops to Ukraine, sending Bulgarians to fight in this war, uh, in this conflict. Well, we know it's a war, but it, it, it's not pronounced war in, in, in international law. So anyway, fighting this conflict, and um, that is that is uh, the indication. Uh, he has uh, been saying he has been saying uh, his intention to send everything, every kind of military equipment, any kind of weaponry Bulgaria owns, uh, since the time he was proposed as a defense minister. So way back. A uh, year and a half ago. Another thing that is also very con uh, concerning is uh, what um, uh, one of the uh, uh, leaders of the party called the Left, Levitsa, has alleged, uh, Rumen Radev, who was actually a former interior minister, he, so he must have some information. He has said that uh, Tagarev has been working for the Ukrainian military uh, for a period of about three years. So it's not clear whether this person yes, is yes. not what, what, kind of, what kind of work was he doing for them uh, in some kind of an, uh some kind of uh advisor 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 yes mm -hmm. some kind of an advising work uh in his capacity of being a nato uh uh, expert color. or something like that. Nate, okay okay and, and, yes. and, and now we know when we now we know that the bulgarian uh the, the leadership of the aviation defense force <clears throat> they came up uh, with a statement where they reject uh the kind of his calls his repeated calls uh, in various tv studios for you know transferring all the migs that we have all the suhois that we, if we have any suhois i'm not sure anymore uh but uh to, to transfer everything to ukraine doesn't matter you know that this is the strategy this must be the strategy there's no discussion this is the only way um, to go about the whole thing and uh you know when you get the generals writing a public open letter saying that we reject those kind of, these kind of statements. We are absolutely disagreeing to promoting you know, those views on public TV stations, public you know, radio stations, because they are endangering the sovereignty and security of Bulgaria. And you know, then they quote the constitution that they are obliged to defend Bulgaria. So it really seems to be, I mean, the Americans are really making a huge mess, have already made a huge mess out of it. And I, I really doubt it. I really doubt it that they can they can succeed. Or I don't know. Maybe I'm too optimistic now. Or I want to be. I, I want to believe they will fail in Bulgaria. Uh, but you know, I think what is important to uh, consider here is that, you know, referring to what what was been said previously about the potential participation of uh, Ukrainian terrorists on Bulgarian soil, dispersing violently demonstrations that are going to th that they are foreseeing could happen. Uh, that's that's I think also very very risky. We don't know whether this is the case. We don't know whether they are actually present on Bulgarian soil. But if this, it, you know, let's just for the sake of this conversation, let's just say that there is a possibility that it's that that it could actually occur. Then I think there's they are going to be against against the entire the entire public. I mean, they're going to be against. Uh, pretty much everyone okay and they're gonna be up against people who have 
nothing to lose because we're so poor in Bulgaria. I mean, we're so poor that, you know, you cannot really threaten us in, in, in a kind of in a kind of way, classical way that we're going to, you know, uh, put you in jail. We're going to, uh, I don't know, uh, take your, your wealth. We're going to confiscate your car or something like that. I mean, this is just, they're going to be up against a whole bunch of angry, frustrated people. Uh, and, and I'm not sure if they are really prepared to uh, for this kind of confrontation. Uh, what's your take, Arto? Well, first of all, I think when the Air Force officers, senior officers who signed the public letter, which was distributed as you, Boyan, you referenced today, first of all, that's a very big step because as we know, Tagadev is going to be the next minister of defense, right? I think the government is going to be voted tomorrow in parliament, which means that the Air Force leadership, that's their boss. So before their new boss begins his first day of work, uh, Air Force officers are taking a very big risk to their own careers because, of course, anybody who wrote that letter could be fired, right? Because they're essentially saying to their new upcoming commanding, you know, chief, you're not the person that we think uh, has the integrity to lead this position because you're actively disrespecting and humiliating the Bulgarian Air Force. Because in the letter, basically, by com constantly criticizing the Bulgarian you know, Air Force's inventory, the old MiG-29s, which have not been updated for 30 years uh, and are not able to fly as often as, you know, but they're still flying. What the officers are saying is that this guy, Tagadev, is actively disrespecting their own officers' efforts to keep Bulgarian airspace safe and secure. He's belittling their ability as military people of the of professionals of the highest order, which they are. And I think that's unprecedented for a minister of defense to make statements repeatedly for a future minister of defense or somebody who wants to be one to make public statements, which belittle the professionalism of the of the ministry that he's supposed to head. That is that can only make sense if he actively serves foreign forces. And I think it's despicable that somebody like that is now going to be the Minister of Defense. And I totally understand the position of the Bulgarian officers who are publicly taking this un unprecedented step because officers usually are not supposed to make political statements like that publicly against their own future chief. So I think this shows the level of disgust that exists on, within the Air Force for people like him, right? So I think that's definitely not gonna help. And I think the second part is, Boyan, there is a percentage of Bulgarians who support this government wholeheartedly. And I think in Bulgaria, these are called the Zhotupovetnicite, which I'm not sure how to translate, the yellow cobblestoners, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything to the West, uh, to, to, to our Western yeah. audience. So, so there's, a just, small percentage of, as, yeah. there's a small percentage of highly educated um, kind of liberal intelligentsia and their kind of families and and college professors of some, you know... Oh, yeah, uh, I mean, self-declared leftists, you know. Yes, self-declared leftists of the new left, which is not really the left, but it's people who are funded by grants, people who are funded by the non-government organizations directly funded by large foreign governments, you know. The so-called civic society institutions. The so-called civic society, which are basically the main treasonous element, uh, the main conduit through which foreign influence enters Bulgaria and, and destroys the political integrity of the political system. So I think they are very, very much in support of this new government and all of its ministers. So I think there is support, but I think they are a small minority. 
some people have said maybe five to 10,000 people, let's say 20,000 people or 30,000 people out of six and a half million is clearly not a democratic majority. So, so you're right. I think if, if dirty games begin, like Boyan says, to be used in Bulgarian politics, this is a very dangerous proposition uh, because it'll subvert the law. It'll subvert the political constitution. It and will I think throw right. Bulgaria into chaos, like complete into chaos. chaos. And I think, I think, it, I think it could activate um, hundreds of thousands of Bulgarians who, until now, have not been politically activated. It could activate them against them. Yeah, because it's going it to be the last happen. resort, the last straw. I mean, they have to defend something, right? Like Bulgaria their is, very existence. Yeah, Bulgaria, unlike other countries in Europe, is traditionally very tolerant. The Bulgarians are, in general, very um, kind of laid back in their political. But once they're activated, you know, we have a history of very passionate politics. But in general, Bulgaria is not the center of uh, bigotry in the European Union right now. It's not the center of the most kind of nasty uh, uh, kind of politics. No, Bulgarians are generally speaking people of very mild, kind of trustful, generally well-educated until now about politics. Uh, so it would take a lot to, to really activate Bulgarians passionately into politics. But I think such extra legal and illegal steps could really activate Bulgarians and get them involved against these new types of uh, illegitimate governments. You know, I think. Yeah, but I also think that, you know, it's the question of there's only a certain amount of humiliation and damage, ethical, yeah. moral, political, that you can take. Because, okay, uh, m many people have said that, oh, Boyan, you're getting carried away. I mean, no one's really get getting excited about people revealing or you know, tapes revealing that we are uh, manually steered by the American embassy. You know, that's been the case for like 20 years at least. Uh, so there's no reason to be so upset about it. It's just like how things are. Ha, ha, ha. You know, and, and, you know, to a certain extent, that's true. I mean, all those people who are going like, oh, you know, how, how could this be? Like, yeah, yeah. it's just that uh, now it's so clear. It's been displayed in such a such an audacious manner that, you know, the Bulgarians, you know, calm as they are, and, and okay, they could be. It could be the case that they are now that they are now used, okay, to living in this horrendous conditions that were created after 1989, after this civilizational downgrade. That's ongoing, by the way. Uh, is is okay, right? Like, I mean, it's not okay uh, in general. I don't think it's okay, but it's okay from the point of view of the Bulgarian, of an average Bulgarian who's struggling to to you know to to make ends meet. Mm. And he can take that, but he does not. But now it's like someone someone took this dirty piece of fabric and put it in a stinking substance and, and kind of, you know, slummed each and every Bulgarian on the face. You know, I mean, this is this is just too much for even the most tolerant, most kind of obedient, even if you like, uh, nation, society, whatever. Uh, what's your take, guys? Uh, so like. Please go ahead and give your closing remarks. Let's start with Bajin. Uh, well, I think that uh, uh, actually some some part of the so-called voters of discontinuing the change uh, genuinely believe that the continuing the change is going to create uh, good conditions for small and middle businesses. That they're like it was it was part of the uh, middle class that bought into this idea that these are people who are. And once again, I mean, I want to use this term self-colonization, self even though I don't agree with the author who coined this term, but I like the, I like the term itself. This notion of self-colonization, this idea that actually Bulgarians 
are not civil, uh, you know, they're lacking some kind of a civilizational model and they need to be forcefully civilized, for, forcefully uh, uh, Europeanized. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people that are buying into this uh, narrative, uh, which uh, now we see how dangerous this is. Uh, so, uh, but uh, fortunately, uh, they seem to be a minority. And, and even if there were people who kind of really believed in this kind of narrative, I think now they are starting to, uh, or at least believe in the good intentions of uh, continuing the change, they're starting to wake up uh, to the realization that uh, no, it is actually a dirty concoction of political uh, uh, groups that are constructed by outside forces, let's say, it, uh, in outside imperial forces. And even those who were kind of like maybe dismissive a year ago and laughing at me about United US imperialism and thinking that there is no such thing will now start to realize that this is not the case. I see it in everyday conversations. I have had some encounters with people that are starting to realize, oh, maybe actually what you were saying was not so far-fetched. Okay. And uh, yeah. All right. Thanks. Yeah. And Arthur, the last two minutes of the program. I think, I think the, the extent and the effectiveness of, ex of external intervention in, in a country's internal politics is directly related to the strength of the of the of the of the political conversations and ideas and organization of the inside the country itself so the fact that the foreign embassy can so easily reshape the government in bulgaria means that we bulgarians have to really consciously focus on developing our, our own political language that's relevant for the overall general development and well-being of our society we need to start detaching from the toxic vocabulary that's foreign to Bulgarians, like the language of European Union, bureaucratic language of civil society, and all these nonsensical terms that are, have no meaning to Bulgarian people. And I think we need to go back to our own history and also to our own current uh, reading of the situation and develop our own political language. And I think that's the first step, to cleanse our language of foreign infections that are dangerous to our freedom because they confuse people. They confuse us and they make us use language and words and phrases like civil society, like, like uh, um, Ukrainians are fighting for their freedom against Russian invasion, as if that's such a black and white fact that ignores the previous 20 years of history or uh, by any other uh, NGO developed foreign terms that confuse people in, into their thinking about what are Bulgarian national interests from the point of view of the majority of the Bulgarian people, the ordinary people whose political interests are underrepresented in the parliament. So I think that's the first step. I hope that we start to begin as a society to develop our own political language, which rejects the language of the imperialists. And by doing that, we will be able to understand, more people in our society will be able to understand what's happening to us because we're not gonna use the language of the political enemy, which are the outsiders in this case. In the, we know who those outsiders are. Right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bojin. Thanks, Tato, for all the comments, insights uh, and observations. Uh, to our viewers, I want to thank you, too, for uh, spending the time with us. And uh, I hope uh, you learned something interesting about the situation in Bulgaria. Go ahead and send your comments and questions. Uh, and... Uh, 
Don't forget to uh, subscribe to our channel on YouTube, on Odyssey. We're also available on Substack. And also you can listen to uh, the audio version of our podcast on SoundCloud and Spotify. And also don't forget to uh, check out um, our website, thebarricade.online. Uh, and last but not least, if you consider these productions interesting and valuable, then you can support us financially via Patreon, PayPal. Uh, and the links are put in the description box of each and every video uh, that you can find here. Thank you very much. See you sometime soon.